Hey guys, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I'm very excited to have Flitzy Saucier, one of my favorite yoga teachers and colleagues in the yoga industry. Uh, Flitzy, can you give people a little bit of information about you, maybe just a little bit of backstory, and also where they can contact you, either website or social media? Hi, sure. So I am a yoga teacher a belly dancer and a personal trainer. I have been um, practicing yoga for about 20 years and teaching yoga for, uh, I guess about 12 years or so now. And, um, if you want to see all of my stuff, you can go to movementwithflissy.com. And I also just wrote a book for yoga teachers. And the website for that is yogasequencingsecrets.com. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. My handle is Om Chantress. Nice. Really, really nice. So, Felicity, give me like a, a general update of uh, what's been going on with you and then what are you interested in uh, talking about today? So, um, I feel like I spent a, a good amount of time um, frustrated with the yoga world at large, um, which I think is um, in some ways okay because I have cobbled together this job where I also... Um, teach and perform dance. And I also, um, am a personal trainer. So, uh, you know, I'm not tied only to yoga for a job. Um, I worked for lifetime fitness, which is a huge, um, fitness club for eight years. And after I left there in 2018, <laughs> 2017, I, um, started to focus more on teaching one-on-one -on -one and, um, working on mentoring yoga teachers and offering more, um, online content and just wrote a book. So that's kind of where I am right now. Awesome. How did you feel about the uh, book writing process? It, um, it was pretty cool. I think, um, I based this book yoga sequencing secrets on an online course that I offered. Um, and so, um, it was fairly simple to get an outline together after I had already presented the content in a different way. Um, so that I feel like the writing part was uh, flowed pretty easily and the process of um, self-publishing it was a little bit steeper of a learning curve. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any problems like actually getting the text on the paper? Um, is writing a good skill for you? Yeah, I, I am a, uh, I was a humanities major. I went to a liberal arts college. So, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I like writing. So that, yeah. the, the so actual writing process different. was, was fun. Yeah, people, people will ask me if I ever have writer's block and I'm like, do you ever think Robert <laughs> didn't have anything to say? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I got an opinion about something. I, you know, I went to school not for writing, but I did a lot of writing because I was an art history major. And so I was, you know, I, I did a lot of writing. And so the, yeah. the actual writing part was, that was all right. All right. Cool. Uh, and I hired, so, an, uh, I hired are, an editor to help me finish it. So, Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, I need people for grammar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what's uh what's going on with your your teaching and your practice at the moment? You did yoga sequencing secrets the book, mm -hmm. and then there's yoga sequencing secrets dot com, which is the website where there's like a course attached, I believe. Yeah, so you can go yeah. to that website and it has a 
links to where you can order the book and also um, the online course version. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, what's going on for you, like intellectually within like the yoga world at the moment? Um, it sounded like from our brief interview before the podcast that you sort of, I don't know, you just moved beyond the yoga alliance. You're not so worried about regulatory agencies. You just went out and skewer your fans, <laughs> which I'm a big fan of. And then like, what's going on for you in that realm? Uh, well, I think um, in the last two years, um, there's been a big turnover in the staff at the Yoga Alliance, and they also did this big standards review project where they reevaluated um, how yoga schools operate and reevaluate reevaluated like their um, ethical statement and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I feel like it has shifted in a slightly more <laughs> useful direction, um, but. I feel like it's also at the same time, like they've gone so long existing only as a registry with no, essentially no standards, like only the bare minimum yeah. in terms of having an hourly requirement for the schools. Um, that kind of backpedaling and trying to um, put standards in there and act like a certifying agency, even though they are still not like, I kind of got to the point where I'm like, I can't even bother with this anymore. I don't feel like I want to keep up with all of the comings and goings in there. Like I've, I've kept my registration current um, and I do have a registered yoga school. I went through the whole process of writing a syllabus and submitting it and getting it approved. And like, now nah, I don't even feel like teaching it anymore. <laughs> so, you know, I, it's, I feel like it's a lot of, um, busy work to keep involved in that organization with not any payout. Like there, it yeah. does, yoga Alliance has not done anything for me except yeah. for my 50% discount at, at Prana. That's, that's about yeah. it. <laughs> so there's like, they're not providing me a service as a teacher. So I don't see why I need to like hustle to invest in them. I need to hustle to invest, um, in my students and hustle to, um, help educate yoga teachers in the way that I find meaningful, whether or not yep. that's relevant to what the yoga Alliance says is meaningful or not. Yep. It's the same thing. I mean, massage has licensure in most States in the U S the licensure is variable and somewhat different state to state to state. And essentially what I'm doing is like, I teach online and when you teach online and get somebody, you know, messaging you from Mauritius, which is off the coast of Madagascar, you go, Ooh, yeah, this is mm -hmm. not what people think it is. Like, I don't know what the law is in Mauritius, and I'm not going to do one Google search. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, I keep trying to express this, but I think in my industry specifically amongst massage therapists, they're only looking at this little myopic view of like, okay, they're in Baltimore, they work in Baltimore, they're not going outside of Maryland. They don't understand what happens when I try to go to Virginia and I try to go to Colorado, and I try to go to Seattle, and you're hopping these state borders, and everybody's got new rules and regulations, and it's like, wait, hold on. Like, I can teach online worldwide, and I'm charging pennies on the dollar for, like, top-notch education. I'm like, okay, uh, let me try to focus. <laughs> Just go to the internet, put out more information, continue teaching, and draw an audience, because the regulatory environment 
much like you described the yoga alliance, I feel like in some ways it's completely useless. Um, I don't get a lot of fans in an industry that's licensed by saying that, but I don't see a lot coming from the licensure. I don't see the public being protected. I don't see massage therapists getting advantage. It's just, it's a big money making racket from state to state. Exactly. Uh So in your teaching and in the fact that, you know, I've, I've seen some of the progression in your business, even though I haven't been able to been to be like a hardcore fan where I'm, you know, following every detail of what you put out. Um, do you have any idea of like where you're going in the future? Like what, what's kind of bubbling up for you as you deal with yoga sequencing secrets on yoga sequence, yoga sequencing <laughs> secrets? I know you've had to practice that like a mudra. I did, and I'm like, this is actually kind of hard to say. <laughs> it seems like it would be catchy, yeah. but getting it out is it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where, where are you? Where are you going? Are you developing more online curriculum? Are you trying to travel, or what are you doing? Um, it'll be interesting to see the response the book gets. Um, when I made it, um, I made it to fill a gap in what I saw in. Um, the yoga teaching realm. And so it's really like the first big thing that I've done outside of presenting things locally, really. And so I'm like, I don't know, um, maybe I'll end up traveling and offering it, um, as part of yoga teacher training modules as intensives for teachers. Um, and I definitely really enjoyed the process of writing a book and I intend to do another one. So, um, right now I'm kind of thinking about whether I want to continue on the path where I am writing books for yoga teachers, or if I want to um, shift gears a little bit and present material directly for practitioners. Um, Probably I'll do both eventually, but I'm not sure, um, you know, which thing I'm going to do next. Yeah. Teaching, teaching massage therapists is a different skill and I've had lots of conversations with Trent behind the scenes about why don't we just go direct to the public and I show <clears throat> Joe the plumber and Mary the soccer mom in Ohio like how to work on their own back pain. Mm-hmm. Like, I can do that in 30 minutes. Like mm-hmm. this is pretty revelatory information that I think would almost be more of a draw for the general public than it is for therapists just because of the way they're thinking about things. Sure. Um, the only challenge I, you know, I see with that is it's also like a completely different audience. So you've already built up your, uh, a bit of an audience for massage therapists, and then you have to kind of go scout out and connect with new people, like completely different people than you're already reaching. So there's like a little bit of, I mean, in, in the business world, there's an uphill battle just about every direction you go and that's a, a new path to go to 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 relate directly to your well yeah. we, we keep having these regulatory conversations and i'd like to develop curriculum for the yoga community and then people in the massage community are like wait you can't sell the yoga community the same information you're selling us and i go why why not right they, go, <laughs> they don't have a license and i'm like i didn't say they were charging for it go fuck yourself like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you don't know how these people are using it. It's like massage therapists act like they own touch. Mm-hmm. This is the fundamental battle, and they don't understand. It's like, I'm selling information on the internet, and this is not bomb making. Like, mm-hmm. this is, <laughs> you know, it's like, here's a muscle. Here's how you press on it. Okay, yeah. you feel better? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's very it's very low in part of it it's very simple <laughs> yeah yeah so it's this thing where when it comes to information i understand you know, packaging a course for the public or massage therapists or yoga teachers can take like a different shtick in a sense, um, to take like a slightly different path, but it's not that dissimilar. Oh, yeah, um, they, yeah, you have to the build it. The content's a, the same, audience. but it's just the, the marketing angle. It's, sure. it's reaching a new group of people. Yeah. Sure. And in the end, what I do is I'm like, Robert, you're like a sardonic, you're like an asshole, you curse, you know, you got all these things. And I'm like, well, just be a sardonic cursing asshole all over the internet and draw your people. <laughs> yeah, your, your people will find you. <laughs> it's a big bulk, you know, like global distribution marketplace. You just have to find the people that resonate with you. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Um, and I think that is a thing where... Um, that's a that's another skill for both teachers and massage therapists to learn is like that's not something that you're that either one comes naturally to most people and two that's taught in any kind of training yeah there's so many there, i don't know there's so many layers uh kck looks like on youtube was saying direct to the public is what the world needs oh yeah awesome that is the thing, like the gatekeepers. I have these conversations and I know sometimes people maybe within a specific industry like massage don't get it. The internet is destroying education and it's destroying the gatekeepers. So in other words, are people still learning? Yes, but it is less and less affordable and less an option to go to a four-year university <clears throat> and fill a seat to get a degree for something you can't even get a job in specifically. Yeah. <clears throat> Information is increasingly democratized and global. It's so awesome. And it's, uh, I think it's particularly awesome as an entrepreneur because um, like all these skills that you might not get in a massage training or a yoga teacher training or, you know, whatever, you know, field you're in, you can learn marketing skills. You can learn how to do things like make this podcast and yep. um, write books and make video. Like you can learn how to do all of that stuff um, and create an entire job that never <laughs> existed before. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that, that's the thing. It's the power of the internet. Like yeah. if people understood just how, large and game changing it is when I talk to students, um, yoga teachers are a little bit better about social media production because people are clothed and they're doing things that are kind of physically appealing, you know, stretching, mobilizing, maybe even contortion. If you look at Instagram, Definitely. so massage industry is a little more apprehensive about massage, um, video because, well, people are naked and, you know, privacy concerns, so I wind up in the situation where I'm encouraging students to make video content for social media. They don't really understand the, the vast reaching implications of me and my crew of colleagues making so much video content. It starts to change the public's conception of what massage is itself. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no, again, there's no barrier of entry at this point. Anybody can pick up a phone and use this technology and I keep trying to express to students, you know, the Protestant Reformation came about because of the printing press. 
Because when people got access to the Bible in their own language and started reading it, they went, hey, this doesn't look like what you guys are doing, the, the, the elites, you know, the, the, the church. So the phone and its distribution of information, the technology is so vast. I'm like, this cell phone is going to dwarf anything that the Protestant Reformation ever did mm-hmm. exponentially. This is the most disruptive technology that has ever existed going to get any smaller. Uh, just a quick break. Hey, y'all. It's Trent Knox, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Looks like we got a new feature ad where can we, we can see chat. I was wondering if it was going to actually work. Worked out. Cool. So we now have some classes listed. If you want to go over to rgwellness.store and look at the classes that we have up, I believe we have our some of our Austin Advanced classes up, and we also have uh, what was it again, Robert? What classes are up? Fort Smith, Arkansas, and and then a couple of classes over it. That's interactive, or what is it again? Interactive. Or, Yeah, so uh, those classes are up on rgwellness.store, and if you want to take advantage of that, head on over to rgwellness.store. Back to Flissy and Robert in the studio. And Flissy, can you introduce uh, everybody to yourself again really briefly and just give them like an, where they can reach you, either social media or website? Hey, I am Flissy Saucier, and you can find me at movementwithflissy.com, yogasequencingsecrets.com, and on Instagram and all the things at Om Chantress is my handle. Om Chantress. I like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I just think, again, I just think the, the internet in some ways is just extremely disruptive technology. In my industry, they think, well, no, that could never happen because massage is done hands-on. And I go, soothe, zeal, apps, like... It's not the massage, like we're not at robots and strong AI yet that can give us massage, but like the stuff around the service and social media distribution, even to promote like a marketplace or a service is just, it's like the wild west. Mm -hmm. There's no, yeah, I mean the internet, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think especially because it's such a big wide (laughs) internet world out there it can be really i think it can feel often like you're shouting out into the void um as an entrepreneur and we were talking a little bit about this before we hopped on the call that um one of the important things is to be like really consistent about your messaging and so if you're just like oh hey like i'm a massage therapist and like it just ends there like that doesn't it doesn't connect with people. They may just be like, oh, that's cool. Um, but it's it's so important to, to have a purpose to what you're doing and to communicate that clearly. And most importantly, to be really consistent about it. You cannot just say your thing one time. You have to say it like repeatedly all like uh, multiple times a week in different formats and explain it in different ways and show people um over and over again, what it is that you're offering. It takes so, there's so much noise out there that you have to just be um, really persistent about it. 
I think much like this conversation, we do the podcast. The podcast is a chance to network with you again, Flissy, because I may not have spoken to you in six months, but we get a chance to reconnect, network. It leads to other business leanings, arrangements. And I go, Flissy, listen, I'm going to share a link to yogasequencingsecrets.com in my email (laughs) list, which gives you more exposure. And then this is on YouTube. So it's like me promoting you, promotes me. I think... What people are missing sometimes when it feels like you're shouting into the void is you absolutely have to actually communicate with the fans. So in my experience, 90% of the people just watch. Mm-hmm. And that's great. I love it if you watch my stuff. But 5% on either end of the extreme comment, these people hate it and these people love it. And I talk to these people. And they're like, I hate this. And I'm on YouTube and I go, uh, well, what do you hate, Gene? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then these people love it. And I'm like, hey, thank you so much for liking my stuff. You know, is there anything I can do for you? Because now I'm actually talking to them. Right. The networking process when it comes to social media, I think people look at it as media and they're not focusing on the fact that it's social. Sure. People want me to shake their hands online. Like, I know that people write and they go, great technique, sir. And I go, oh, thank (laughs) you so much. If if there's anything you'd like to see in the future via video, let us know. Yeah. Because you're trying to get more feedback from your fans to be able to feed them. Because I certainly like when this group of people is larger than this group of people. (laughs) Right. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, both sides help you get seen. But, you know, it's definitely nice to hear good things. And the relationship building is such an important part Um, not just with fans, but again, like you said, with, um, colleagues and colleagues that are like just slightly sideways of what you're doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we we did a podcast yesterday with someone who was in the, uh, hip hop community. Uh, G, uh, G is uh, here in Austin, runs Austin hip hop awards. And it was really interesting to start to reach out to other industries and have conversation about music and arts and music distribution, which has, of course, been affected substantially by the Internet and digital distribution. And for him to start to work with me and see, like, the parallels and go, man, this massage therapist is interviewing a hip-hop guy? (laughs) But it's, It's the business part. The business part of what you're doing, what G is doing, what I'm doing is not that different. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to provide a product or a service to our customers, and you're trying to send out a big footprint online to be able to draw more people into your funnel, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, I like people who like what I'm doing, and I like when the people who don't like what I'm doing are really loud, really noisy, and complain about me all over the (laughs) (laughs) internet. So I'm like... What part of me helping people do you not like? Like, what, what is that? Why does that get under your skin? You know, um, when it comes to uh, your business, I've seen some of the development um, in the past years where you're developing your own, uh, I think, online persona. You're developing some online training, you know, some supplementation. Can you talk a little bit about that process? And was that difficult for you to do? It was definitely a thing that I had to learn. I am in real life a pretty shy and introverted person. I'm a real homebody and I like a lot of quiet. (laughs) And so it was like, uh, I think being a dancer actually helped me in creating a online persona because it's a very, um, 
Like, even though I'm very authentic about what I have to say and what I'm sharing, it is still a bit of a performance to um, go out and think about, okay, I'm going to have some photos done to illustrate how, what I'm, what I'm like as a yoga teacher. So what does that, what does that look like? Um, How do I communicate? I'm friendly. These are simple postures. Um, Everyone is welcome. Like how, like, what does it look like in a photo? What, what do I wear? Um, What environment does it look like? Um, And that, like that part of the process, I think is, is fun for me because it's creative. Um, But the, like, the learning how to perform (laughs) Uh, in social media was definitely a thing that I had to learn. And I still like, sometimes I'm like, "Mm, I'm not quite sure if I'm doing this right, or if I'm connecting with the right people, um, or I'm, I'm not totally confident in the direction that I'm going, but um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been kind of fun. I think it's, it's always like, it's a new skill to learn. Yeah. I, I've, I've taken great pride at pressing a button on a camera or my phone and recording all of my mistakes and then watching my business grow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if anything, your mistakes or misdeeds or you speak in a camera and you fumble your words actually humanizes your brand. It actually makes you more approachable. Um, being able to be extremely, you know, heartfelt and resonant uh, to be able to put out your message to people to communicate with them, I think it's ongoing practice. Um, when people say, um, when I encourage them to make video, and they say, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't know how to talk to the camera," and I'm like, "Talk to your friends. Mm-hmm. That's all you're doing. You're just looking at this little lens, and you're saying, hey, 'Hey, you're my friends. What's going on? What What are you dealing with? What can I help you with?' It to me, it's not that different." And how it feels from yeah. an in the networking event where I meet Rhonda and I say, hey, Rhonda, how are you? Like you shake hands, maybe you exchange business cards and you go, Rhonda, listen, what what industry are you dealing with? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting in from I'm like, OK, cool. You're in the social media world. Like, is there anything I can help you with? Which is almost always what I deal with with business people. Um, I like working with entrepreneurs like us, people with good ideas, but maybe mm-hmm. limited budgets or reach. And it's like, how do I help Flissy boost the signal on on what she's teaching? How do mm-hmm. we build businesses that actually help each other and support small business? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the power of digital distribution, being able to make a phone call, get somebody on a podcast, distribute on a larger scale. Um, I, I know they understand it in hip hop. I don't think they completely understand it in my community specifically. Mm-hmm. Yoga, maybe, maybe more so, but I also think within yoga, it's kind of like there's sort of sort of elite teachers, like maybe Kino McGregor or stuff like that. And then there's a lot of you know, us down here that are maybe lesser known. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like that system is changing a little bit and particularly because there have been so many scandals in the yoga realm where gurus are being taken down from their pedestals, which I think is definitely a good thing. Um, and I mean, it's so weird too, cause I feel like, um, there's, there are also like two different jobs. Like you've got like the, 
yoga celebrities that are traveling and teaching and doing conferences and stuff. And then you have like the normal yoga people that are running around teaching 20 classes a week for like pennies <laughs> basically. And it's, yeah. um, you know, you can figure out like, where do I fit in that? Or you can do something like, I don't want to be doing either one of those things. So what's, what does that look like? And well, that's, that's you. Right. That's that would be me <laughs> in America. And here's the thing. That's the point at which when I talk to a lot of massage students, cause that's my primary bread and butter at this point. I'm like, guys, what do you want to do? Yeah. Let's, let's help you figure out how to do that. My path is not yours. Like, you know, maybe you don't want to go into education. Maybe you just want to have a full practice and work on your own. Um, I think you have more potential to create the thing that you want. And like for you, Felicity, what is that? What do you want to do? Yeah, I think I am still like within the yoga realm. I'm definitely still figuring it out. Um, I definitely enjoy most working one-on-one with people to help them develop individualized practices. That's really my main thing. And so what that looks like in terms of teaching yoga teachers is to also empower yoga teachers to do that. So um, it's mentoring yoga teachers and providing resources with them for them to help them teach students to do individualized practice rather than just rolling in six times a week to take a vinyasa class. Like that's fun for a little while, but like that's not sustainable. Yeah. Quick break. Hey, y'all, it's Trent Knox, podcast producer for the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Again, Robert Gardner Wellness is currently giving a free trial for the Reboot Insiders Club. If you go to rgwellness.store slash free trial, you can take advantage of that 30 days free for new users, 400 plus hours of video content and accompanying written material. Again, rgwellness.store slash free trial to take advantage of that. Back to Flissy and Robert in the studio. Flissy, I, I think because of global exchange of information and data, and because we're more mobile than ever, you can fly places, you can live stream in, we have more options to be able to create that than ever. Likely, what I would recommend, just, just very briefly, to make it clear for people watching at home who have a certain dream about their business is you just turn on the phone or the camera and you record the stuff that you're already doing. So instead of just teaching that one yoga teacher, that one student at a time, I now want you to do this and record it. Sure. And then start disseminating that information to draw more people who look like this person you're working with. This now becomes supplementary you know, education to what you're already doing. And I think something interesting happens when you get to see your work from the outside. Like when you saw your book, like, how did you feel? It's pretty exciting. I got it right here. Like, yeah. oh, it's like a, yeah. it's an actual thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah. feel like, wow, I, you know, I created this thing. And the online content, even if it's just social media for free, you know, you get a chance to self-reflect and kind of tweak your message and tweak your yeah. verbiage and repeat it in various ways to like draw people into your story. There's so much of it with social media that I think of specifically. It's just connection. Yeah. If I could just people get people to connect, 
with my message, um, whatever that is, to have like a heartfelt resonance with the information that you're sharing, it makes it much, much easier to lead to one, a closer relationship with that student, and then two, potential sales down the road. Yeah. 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 And I think like this is another skill that dancers have that um, entrepreneurs can learn from. Is like, I mean, videoing dance practice is an important part of learning and making corrections about what you're doing. And this the skill of being able to like look at yourself and to be like, okay, well I could, this movement could be clearer. This could have more impact somehow. The skill of being able to do that and not get like, oh, I just can't stand to watch myself or um, this just looks stupid or whatever to just like have a look at your stuff in a sort of neutral way and analyze it in a way that you can grow is a really, um, it's a, it's a good skill to develop because then you can continue to clarify what you're saying and to, um, just make better, better content over time. Bodies, uh, dysmorphia and sorts of like body shame. People are like, Robert, don't you get worried that people are going to call you fat? And I'm like, no, they, they call me fat. Like <laughs> I just, I just like gain weight, lose weight, document my, my life essentially and go, okay, like, listen, like I work with people who have shame about their bodies because I'm touching them. They do not love themselves. Like I have to deal with that stuff myself. And it's like, I love myself enough to know that my body is going to change. I'm going to age, get wrinkly, and I do the best I can with what I got. That's the message. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I'm sure you I'm sure you encounter tons of that in your industry as well. Oh, for sure, both in yoga and dance. And it's uh, I think it's an important um, thing to do what you can and change the attitudes about um, to just like everyone deserves to exist in the world. Everyone deserves to have a satisfying movement practice. And you have to show show people that by doing it yourself and by including all sorts of people in your practice. Yeah. I, I added a little bit of a uh, yoga content to our subscription vault and I haven't had a really active practice recently. I've been uh, inordinately busy and I went into my studio, hooked up the microphone, pressed the button on a camera and I'm like, Hey, I'm Robert. Like I'm gonna, I'm going to do some yoga now. <laughs> <laughs> And I made sure it was just as like awkward and weird, uh -huh. you know, even from like a skilled teacher's perspective right. because, well, I'm rusty. Like I haven't done it in a while. And then people's conception, uh, because I'm working with massage therapists, they have a different conception sometimes about what they think yoga is. Mm. And then after the footage was released, a couple of weeks later, I heard from one of the students and they said, whoa, you know, I, I watched that yoga thing you put in there and it's like, it, it looked like anybody could do that. Yeah. Go, what do you think? <laughs> you know, because I have to go, oh, man, like, what do you guys think yoga is? Do you think yeah. it's just po power vinyasa? You know, it's that's, like, that's I not. Mean, that's that's yeah. what's being sold. That's the mainstream. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I'm working hard at that, too, because I'm like, really simple postures. Anyone can do them. You can do them in a chair. Like, you don't, it doesn't have to be fancy. In fact, the less fancy it is probably the better it really is for you. 
Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard to teach. It's like you, you spend 20 years working at mastering yoga, <laughs> teaching yoga to go, well, uh, why don't we just sit here together? Why don't we just sit here together comfortably and breathe? Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, it's I like, feel like it took me less time than most people to learn that, but still, I feel like it took me longer than it should have. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting um, um, skill. Like when yeah. people start to, if they start to, so this happens in, within time massage, they're like, well, what is time massage? And then yoga. And they're like, well, what is yoga? And we'd have these conversations and I'm like, eh, I mean, I, you know, for me, I'd go, yoga is moving and breathing with awareness. Yeah. And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, in some ways it's, it's this refining process um, yoga is not limited to my mat, to my blocks, to my bolsters, straps, props, a strap wall, you know, or whatever. Um, yoga, if you practice Hatha yoga, eventually you take it with you in, in Austin traffic. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know. So is Austin traffic worse than DC? <laughs> different, different scale, different kind, different kind. Different scale. Yeah, and in DC, you can get cursed out in new languages. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as you continue your educational, like teaching process, do you have any new ventures that you're working towards? So we talked about like your book, uh, Yoga Sequencing Secrets dot com. <laughs> yeah, uh, book goes along with that, and the online training. Uh, hey, I want to promote your stuff. And then in addition, like, are you working on new things? Like you talked about potentially maybe working towards like working with the public. Like, are there specific projects that you're excited about? Um, I mean, I think I'm still kind of like riding the high of finishing that book and percolating on that, <laughs> percolating on that for a little while in the yoga realm. Um, and um, so what I've noticed in my business is like sometimes there's like an ebb and flow to it because I'm also a dancer and personal trainer. So um, while the yoga stuff is sort of like marinating on what's going to happen next, I am um, building some new stuff in my yoga in my belly dance world. So I just started a new belly dance troupe and we are, um, working on creating a bunch of dances. So we're going to be performing, um, like a special showcase in June. So it's a collaborative troupe. So I'm in like making, making art mode right now for that. Nice. So it's interesting. It's like, um, there are a lot of similarities between those two. Said that last part again, my phone cut out for a second. Yeah, it's just, um, it's interesting because there are a lot of similarities between those two businesses um, and also some differences. So there's like the performative element of belly dance that is not really there in yoga. Oh, so many different, so many different fields. Like we, we connect on the yoga angle and then you diverge for me, like in the dance uh, realm. It's so interesting to compare and like cross promote 
across industries and see like the things that people are in, involved and engaged in. Yeah. So um, it's a little bit different and creative in a different way. Are you working on any more online training? I know you're still writing the um, high for the book coming out. No, not, not right now. Yeah. yeah. And um, then are, are, you, are you more interested in developing like in-person uh, trainings or more like online? Um, I think it depends. So I, I feel like actually right now I'm interested, uh, more drawn to doing more writing and the writing might lead to more trainings. So I think um, my next step is probably going to do the writing part first um, and then take it to training. Yeah, my first thought is uh, we're trying to eventually this year file a new trademark. And then if I get the trademark, the goal is to apply at the Esalen Institute to do like a week, a month long intensive Uh um, to bring people in and sort of crash course in what I'm teaching. But when I have conversations with educators like you, it's like I want to roll other educators into the training program Mm -hmm. to kind of diversify the offerings and give different perspectives. Um, I like that multidisciplinary approach. Mm -hmm. And being at Esalen was just like, well, yeah, this is what you do, right? And it's like, well, yeah, here at Esalen, this is what we do. But the rest of the world is going, wait, no, we have all these segmented boxes that are nice, easy, and convenient. Um, being able to educate in a different way to sort of crack open students' uh, preconceived notions, you know, like, for instance, just the connection between what's the difference between yoga and dance? Because to other people, those are two different disciplines. And I'm like, mm. yeah, it, de- <laughs> it really depends, but there's definitely overlap. And, yeah. um, yeah, especially like, um, you know, in the last year I got personal training certification too. And so there are some things that are just applicable to just being in a body, like, and for massage too, like you have a body, you live in, you live in it. And so that means that you have to, um, take care of it by like being creative. You have to take care of it by, Um, developing like that mind body awareness you have to take care of it by um, getting yourself stronger and addressing imbalances through like exercise and then you also have to like reveal your blind spots and heal yourself by having someone else work on it yeah Uh, collaborative collaborative I'm a little bit more like you where I'm a homebody but it's interesting in the fact that I really care about like comments on social media posts. And then I also simultaneously don't care about comments <laughs> on social media posts. Like I pay attention to them and I go, okay, does this person have perspective? Mm, no. Next. Right. No. And then I go, Oh, okay. Listen. So they wanted to see this. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. They wanted to see something visually. They couldn't quite make out. We'll improve that in the next video. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to let other people's opinions influence where my business goes. I always go back to my fans and go, how do I feed them? Mm-hmm. If I'm, I'm flissy and I'm writing the new book, I'm like, what do the fans want? Mm-hmm. What do my students want? What do my colleagues want? What does the public want? Um, I certainly don't listen to my 
you know, haters or detractors online for information about where to go. In fact, uh, the more they dislike it, I go, Ooh, this is good new terrain. Let's go, let's keep going back into this. Yeah. And I think like, um, for me, I also see just sort of what is like, what's the, what's happening in the yoga scene in general? Like, What's what's what is the group thing that's happening? And usually, like whatever that is, like I'm not interested in. Um, and whatever that is, there's usually like there's something missing in there that people aren't seeing. And that is that's something where I think people who are creative or have a new perspective really can um, serve the community at large by like shaking people out of whatever is the the pattern. Yeah. I don't spend a lot of time telling people what I think their yoga practice should be like. Uh, yoga, as you well know, is ex- inordinately diverse. It is just, it's got so much depth. Your practice is going to change throughout your lifetime. And I think it's good that your practice changed throughout your lifetime. Trying to tell other people that drunken yoga isn't yoga is like, so? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I mean, I have definitely. <laughs> I'm like, I would be real with you. I've spent my fair share of time getting like spun up about stuff like that. I mean, like, this is garbage. But then at like, <laughs> some point, like, at yeah. some point I got tired of myself. Like, I'm like, well, just let them do that. Whatever. It's fine. But like, d- like, like, that shouldn't impact what you're doing. Like, let people do whatever. And then if you see something that is like, you know, yeah, it's like uh, like let it go and like do the thing that's that's important to you. Do uh, do good stuff and and draw your people. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much so, all there is to it, right? The, the students in classes, and I'm like, well, guys, what do you want to do? And they're like, why well, don't you know? So for me, for instance, um, yoga I think has been a little bit better at branding and like differentiating. We know there's vinyasa, hot vinyasa. There used to be Bikram. Bikram is now kind of gone. Um, there's like just different styles. There's a yingar, ashtanga, you know, massage hasn't as much done that in the public sphere. Massage therapists know of different modalities, but the, the general public doesn't really know much except hot stone or deep tissue. So trying to get therapists to understand that they could build a niche practice and something that's specific. So I've got a class coming up in abdominal massage. And the abdominal massage, so you know, Flissy, um, I was completely blown away when I started using it consistently the last two or three years. Women would come in, I'd have conversations with women, and I wouldn't think to ask them this, but I'd work on someone, and then the woman would report to me a week later, she's like, what did you do? And I'm like, oh, uh, are you okay? And they're like, yeah, my, my menstrual cycle was like the easiest cycle I've ever had. I usually have like pretty severe like menstrual pain. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh. Because I didn't think at that time to ask about that because that wasn't right. necessarily something I thought I could address. But doing the abdominopelvic work, um, women were getting relief for severe menstrual cramps. At that point, I knew I could build an entire practice that is just focused on abdominal massage in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. I could have a line of women with severe menstrual cramps. And I'm like, ladies, please, you have to come teach me about this menstrual cycle. So let's work <laughs> on it. You know? But in my industry currently, I don't see that level of differentiation. There's not as much 
niche specialties. And what I'm trying to get colleagues and students to understand is that they can focus on their particular area that they are most interested in and the way that you are trying to do those one-on-one trainings, working with students and colleagues to try to transform their yoga practice. Yeah. And I mean, just as a uh, recipient of massage, like even when I am talking with massage therapists, I'm like, oh, what, like, what do you specialize in? Do you have and people are like, massage? I'm like, you don't have like, <laughs> you don't have a, like a, a modality that you use or a clientele you like to work with. Like people, most of the massage therapists I've spoken to don't have an answer to that question. I'm like, why not? Like, <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, I think that the the differentiation, the specialization in my industry is not large enough, is not broad enough, mm. is not specialized enough for therapists to be able to understand those niche markets. That's what mm-hmm. I keep pushing and then, you know, continue to, because the thing is, I have this stance with students. I love what I do and I'll continue to teach that, but I don't ever try to make the student conform. You mm-hmm. have to do it my I'm like, no, 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 Here's the general guidelines and principles of this abdominal work I'm going to share with you. It's going to be wildly different on client to client because they're going to respond to it differently. They have different bodies, different uh, digestive health issues, whatever. You know, I don't want you to be a mini me. I want you to be you. I want you to develop your practice and you can add, okay, maybe you don't do full abdominal sessions. Maybe you just add a little 15 minutes in here or there when people are having issue. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But differentiate and make your practice stand out in a mass marketplace. Just a quick break. Hey guys, it's Robert Gardner, and we have workbooks and DVDs, both in physical and digital form, downloaded from my website or shipped to you in the mail if you're in the continental United States. Uh, You can purchase these materials a la carte or as a complete set of 700 pages of sequence manuals and nine DVDs of core content. It is both table and mat and goes over some basic sequences you can use with clients to really transform your practice and help clients with chronic pain specifically. You can find that at robertgardnerwellness.com in addition to our subscription service, which has about 450 hours of vault bulk, unedited, raw footage to transform your practice. That is free through your first month. And again, you can find those workbooks, DVDs, and subscription service at robertgardnerwellness.com. So, Flissy, where were we at? (laughs) You were talking about abdominal massage. 
Felicity, you can uh, reintroduce yourself, meaning your name, and then also where we can find you, and we'll go right back into what we were discussing. Yeah, so uh, my name is Felicity Saucier. I'm a yoga teacher, a belly dancer, and personal trainer in Columbia, Maryland. You can find all my stuff at yogawithfelicity.com. I have a new book for yoga teachers, and you can find um, details about that at yogasequencingsecrets.com. It comes out on January 21st, and you can find me on Instagram at omchantress. Nice. So uh, niche markets and differentiation. I think that my industry amongst massage therapists is just not as well developed yet. Mm-hmm. I suspect that it's coming. So for instance, yoga started in America. How many years did it take until it really started to specialize? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I think like probably, and you know, honestly, I would say probably in the last 40 years is when it's really like fractured into many different approaches. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's taken nuance as the marketplace is developed and massage as it's currently practiced, even though it's an ancient, you know, practice is only from a regulatory standpoint has only been cooking for the last 40 or so years. Mm-hmm. In my experience. It's about the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, um, you know, I still run into a lot of people that have, um, I mean, I guess I, I run into this in yoga as well at people that have like some negative perception or some incomplete perception about what, what massage can do for them. And I, I find the same for yoga. Education. Yeah, I, it's a big deal. Yeah. Therapists. yeah, if the therapist, well, I don't like how the public looks at massage. I'm like, take out your phone, <laughs> make show video, them. Yeah. show them what it does. And right. then they go. Oh, but that's work. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of work. I mean, but it's like, it, it, it's your job now. Like, it, I think maybe a lot of people don't realize when they go into this kind of industry that your job is not just doing the work that you're doing. Your job is running your own business and creating your brand. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's a huge part. Um, yeah. I'm assuming yoga teachers are similar to massage therapists in the fact that they're artists. They can be wonderful uh, teachers, educators. They can be absolutely wonderful at the practice and completely and utterly fail at the business. Yeah, and I have encountered that, particularly when working with yoga studios, is that people will open up um, physical locations because they have, um, you know, an amazing heart for teaching and can be very skilled teachers, but, like, running a business, managing a physical space, managing other people. It's just like a mess. Yeah. Or can be. It also it can. Yeah, it can be. I'm not saying that every, every teaching yoga is different than like running a yoga studio. Yeah. And some people might be great at both. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have a brick and mortar for a reason, and I've purposely avoided that. Same. Uh, much to the confusion of a lot of my industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in uh, the coming year, uh, meaning in 2020, uh, do you have any like specific goals of the things that you're trying to accomplish this year? Uh, yeah. I mean, I um, finished Vinny Yoga teacher training um, two years ago. And so this year I'm going back to train to be a Vinny Yoga therapist. So that is my next big educational product project. Is that Gary Craftsound? Gary Craftsound. Oh, Craft mm-hmm. 
Nice. nice. Um, so that is um, continuing in my path and passion for working one-on-one directly with people um, to help use yoga as a tool to just help them feel better day to day. So um, that's the next big project. And I will also start writing another book, which I don't know what it is yet, but it will be, (laughs) it will be starting to be written, whatever it is. Yeah. So if you're listening and if you read Yoga Sequencing Secrets and you're feeling like, I would like this girl's perspective on something else, you can tell me what that is. (laughs) Yeah. There's just so many avenues. There's no barrier of entry anymore. So being able to put out blog posts, repurpose the blog posts. um, I think that Seth Godin does this. Seth Godin has a pretty active blog and he would just take segments of the blog and then put it together, I think, as a book. Um, it's yeah. very common for things like that to happen. Um, there's so much depth. Because we have so much exposure via social media, phones, digital distribution, you know, like students will ask, this is what happens to me. The students will say, I want a shoulder course. And I'm like, oh, God, shoulders? Like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, that, that class is going to be 30 hours at right. least. And they're like, what? I'm like, guys, if I cover the shoulder joint, it's like more mobile than any other joint. I have right. to cover all the muscles across it. I have this, you know, the anatomical structures, the, the way people are injuring it. I got to talk about infraspinatus and its use and, you know, just like on and on and on. And then I go, oh, okay, hold on, back off, Robert, back off. Okay, can you make a six-hour course or a 12-hour course, something digestible for the shoulder? And I go, sure, but we're not done. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Because I I have this huge, broad, you know, scope of what I'm trying to teach. And I think the uh, confusion, like I love uh, BKS Yengar, and I've never gone through a Yengar training specifically, like his full like teacher training. So I know that it's very developed and it's very like regimented, like in pieces. What people don't see is the fact that he probably developed that over 60 years. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It didn't look like that when it started. Sure, yeah. (laughs) All right. So, Flissy, as we close up, uh, any parting words? And, again, can you share your website and where people can contact you? Sure. I guess, you know, what I would say for people in the wellness industry is to – my advice is to be as – in a learning mindset in every aspect of your business to get really great at whatever skill as a massage therapist or yoga teacher or whatever. Um, And then to also learn the skills of building relationships with people online and um, running a business and really um, clarifying what it is that you have to say as a practitioner and teacher or whatever. Um, and, um, you can find me at movementwithflissy.com and yoga sequencing secrets.com. Um, that book's also available to pre-order on Amazon. You can save $5. Um, yeah. And it comes out on the 21st of January. Very nice. Very nice. Very excited about that. And Flissy, if you have additional topics in the future that you want to discuss on the podcast, please let me know. Um, I like doing these sometimes with great educators like you in a series so we can kind of dig into specifics and go into details that might be of interest to your audience and mine. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. You have a great day. Thanks.